Pull out your business card stating the Romeo and Juliet clause of Texas law as you are now entering the billion dollar movie club. I hope you... What? (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the billion dollar movie club. Or I guess we're advocates for the Romeo and Juliet clause. We'll get into it. <laughs> that is a reflection of the podcast and not the individuals of the podcast. <laughs> the individuals being myself, Christian Masinson, and as always with me is... Uh, Pawan Mehta. Hello, Pawan. So I mentioned the Romeo and Juliet clause on a business card because it's related to a movie we're talking about today. For those of you who don't know, this is the Billion Dollar Movie Club, where every week we talk about a movie that made a whole lot of money, and we question the existence of humanity. Like three commas. Three commas. Three commas. (laughs) This movie has three commas next to its numbers. And it was the only movie in 2014 to make three commas. It is the 2014 Michael Bay epic? Transformers Age of Extinction. You know, it was less epic than the previous movie, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, Pawn, I have a feeling this will either be the longest or the shortest episode <laughs> we've ever done. Let's find out. Let's, let, let's, pull, let's pull that roulette wheel, see what we get. So, <laughs> uh, Age of Extinction, released in the U.S. on June 27th, 2014, with a budget of $210 million. It's opening weekend, they say, is $100 million. Fun fact, some people don't think this is true. They Some say. people believe it only made 97.5, and they round it up to look good. Damn. The film was number one for two, week- two weekends until it was dethroned by Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That movie slaps. I, I wish we were talking about Dawn of the Planet <laughs> of the Apes this week. But uh, as reported by Pamela McClintock from The Hollywood Reporter on August 3rd, 2014, box office milestone, Transformers Age of Extinction hits $1 billion worldwide. Now, Juan, I think you're going to enjoy this next quote. Mm -hmm. It is from Paramount Chairman and CEO Brad Gray. I don't know if he's still uh, the head, but at the time he was. There's a quote from him. Okay. Time and again. Michael has delivered pictures that audiences around the globe truly love. The film... I mean, love is a strong word. The film will go on to gross $245 million domestically and $1.104 billion worldwide. At the time, it was the 87th highest grossing film domestically, but 10th worldwide. It currently sits as 29th highest grossing film worldwide and 135th highest grossing film domestically. Juan, before we break into this movie, I would like to to bring up some of these numbers. Okay. Go ahead. As you mentioned, this is the only film of 2014 to cross the billion dollar mark. Yes. Number two of that year, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. (laughs) Three Guardians of the Galaxy, okay. All right. Four Maleficent. Five The Hunger Games Mocking Jay Part One. Domestically, 
the number one film was Hobbit. American Sniper. <laughs> Damn. 2014 was a year for movies. Damn. Damn. Quite the year. I don't know what to say to that. Quite so, the year. So the thing is, I'm procrastinating on this next bit because I don't know how to, like, you know, summarize this movie. Because it felt like it just washed over me. All right, point. So, so... <laughs> Based off your, you know, you know the story of when Alex Garland wrote the movie for uh, Annihilation. It was just what he remembers from reading the book. He read it once, and everything he remembers is whether or not it's accurate to the book is in the movie. All right, so you watched you know what, this movie once. What do you remember <laughs> from this movie? So, so we got we got dinosaurs in like the Arctic. And they're like, whoa, look at its teeth. We got to do something about this. Hard cut to my boy Marky Mark in Texas being like, oh, we're poor, but I need to do the inventions. And then his daughter's like, you need to handle the finances better. And he's like, listen, we got this truck. I'm going to fix it up real quick. And it's, oh, my God, it's Transform Man. And then, and then the government shows is like, "I'm gonna take your transform man." And then he's like, "If you could find it," and then they find it because it reveals itself. And then they go to like a science lab for something. And then they're like, "We're gonna find out what they're doing with transform mans." And then they find out it's like they're making new transform mans. And then like this dude in the spaceship comes back. He's like, I'm taking Prime with me. And then like he steals Prime. And then they go in the they go in the spaceship and they they take him back. And then they go to China. And then that's where the third act happens. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. What the fuck was this movie? <laughs> Hold up. So you you start your synopsis with them finding the dinosaurs in the Arctic, right? Yeah. That was the second of two cult openings this movie had. Oh right, the first <laughs> one was like them destroying the planet. <laughs> it was a yeah a time jump of rather than an asteroid killing the dinosaurs, Transformers came down and killed them. And then you have the the cold opening of of the the woman finding the remains of them in the Arctic. You know, you know, I'm just gonna jump out the gate. I was ex I was excited going into this movie for robot dinosaurs. They were hyping me up with those two cold opens, and they just weren't there. They were like they a total there. of like three minutes probably of dinosaur robots in this movie. It's like a good two in hours this two and hour and minutes. forty minute movie. But it's like two hours and 15 minutes till you get to the robot dinosaurs. And like the thing is, if you look at this movie on FX Networks, their website, where they have this movie listed right now, you'll see a robot dinosaur on the cover. That is false advertising. It feels like such false advertising. Now, I don't know if it's full on false advertising because it is in the in the. I, I can't even say. Yeah, something. but like you can't movie. you can't sell it on that because like that it's barely there. Juan, my understanding is that Jeff Goldblum is in like two minutes of Je Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, 
and every trailer of that movie ended with him. There's a difference between ending with it and like that being the poster, the one image that's tied to your film. I just... I guess because there's like nothing else to differentiate this from the other ones. <laughs> but hold on. Mark Wahlberg is... Marky Mark! In this movie? Man, th- th- this franchise sure knows how to pick its lead stars, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> this, this installment knows how to pick its stars. Mark Wahlberg, TJ Miller. But I just mean like people who are just like... Not, not, not the best humans. TJ <laughs> Miller has some shit. Exactly. Like they uh, just, they don't know how to pick them. They just don't. At least this movie has Fraser Crane. Yeah, but he's also kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley Tucci. People love Tucci. You know what I will say about Stanley Tucci is it felt like he was supposed to be the John Turturro of this movie, but like. He it wasn't. He, he played it too flip- straight. He, well, he played kept, it too straight. He kept flip flopping between comedic over the top and deadly serious. And you can't be both Stu- Tucci. You have to pick one. There's no there's no great quotables in this. There's no I'm directly beneath the enemy scrotum. There is <laughs> And there's a weird self-awareness to this movie. You know, one thing I will give this movie, though, is I did enjoy one of the product placements. One of Which them. one? <laughs> the one where they, like, land the spaceship on the dude's car. And he's like, you better have insurance for this. And he's like, oh, insurance? And then he just angrily cracks open a beer on his thing and just drinks. <laughs> that made no sense. But l- listen, Bud Light angrily crack open a cold one on like your aggressor's car so but like was that even but i feel like you couldn't even see the label on the bottle when he did that <laughs> well it was it wasn't in that moment but like before they landed there for some reason there were just a bunch of like bottles of it on the ground and you saw a couple of the labels <laughs> so we've established in previous episodes that some of these movies really contain no character development at all right and we probably hit a new low what what are you talking about like the 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 boyfriend and the dad hated each other but then they're like oh i respect you why why did that happen because he because the boyfriend's not going to save his daughter he's going to save his girlfriend I really There's also thought... a weird possessiveness in this yes. movie. Like oh. it was it was there in uh the previous one as well, but like it feels like it was cranked up in this one. Oh, you mean the film whose most prominent female character has no development is is only uh value is her value to the two men who are fighting yeah, over and her. Like that specific line, it's like she's not her own person, she's just this relation to this person. Oh no. I really, but it like she was me. smart. She was smart. Was she? <laughs> what she, she she knew how to handle stick. Because at least like she knew how to hold. 
was that line? <laughs> At least, you know, Megan Fox was like an engineer or, or mechanic. Yeah, she was a mechanic. What was he? Marky Mark's like Marky Mark's uh, an engineer in this one. He, he's an inventor. <laughs> he's an no, inventor. Did like, you know that? Specifically, he's like a technical engineer or something like that. He says at one point. Like he, he I, I just don't buy it because it's Marky Mark. <laughs> he he literally yells at T.J. Miller. I'm an inventor, and he's like, I have to keep Optimus Optimus Prime because I'm an inventor. <laughs> And he has a poster for Albert Einstein in his barn, so you know he's smart. <laughs> what the fuck? Though I will say, you know, one moment during the third act that I did that I did enjoy. Well, was it the third act? I guess it was. Oh no! Um, oh, no. I, I actually saw this while I. I forget where I was, but I was in like some public space and like on the TV, they had this movie playing. Okay. And like the one scene I saw that day was uh, when they crashed land, the escape pod in the woods. And then they happen. And then it's like, we got to fight that dinosaur. I was like, hell yeah, this shit looks lit. I'm excited for this movie. And that was the only time that that dinosaurs really mattered. Did you ever watch this movie before? Uh, no, just that one scene while I was in that right, public cool. space. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen this either. Mm-hmm. Question. How did they tame the dinosaurs? Uh, Optimus Prime punched them a couple times. <laughs> yes, but that was one dinosaur. And then all the dinosaurs two. listened to them. <laughs> there were like three. There's like yeah. a flying dinosaur. There was too. one T-Rex like, like and dude. one pterodactyl. I thought there were like no. three or four. <laughs> Follow-up question. Why can't the dinosaur transformers talk? Because they're old. They're before humans. <laughs> are, are, we, are we sticking to that explanation? The, the thing was, he was like, I'm gonna, we're going to need these ancient beasts to help us. So like, he broke them out. Why were there suddenly swords? Uh, Optimus Prime knows that he's a sword. Now. Well, he's always. There were swords in previous movies. Were there? Yes. <laughs> I saw. I sat through four of these movies. I cannot tell you anything that happens in the first three. There's like vague images in my head. You know that's crazy because like. You know what? I'll say it. I did enjoy the first two, even though they are shit movies. <laughs> the, the first one, I didn't mind as much as the rest. I just, I, I did not like three or four. The two movies we're talking about. How did you like two? Because it was so trashy. It was just that trashy. Whereas, like, with 3 and 4, it feels like they just got rid of... They sanded off any sort of personality that was there. People are being loud in my house. <laughs> and so I'm like, do I unmute? And then you hear the the randomness? But, like, uh... Did, 
so when they were fighting in the city in America, didn't that did that look like the exact same city from Dark of the Moon? Or is that just it, me? A little. It also reminded me of the Avengers a lot. Oh, well, the spaceship, the way that escape pod looked, it looked exactly like one of those. It felt like generic American city. Where is it in this one anyway? I, I think it's supposed to be Washington D. No. Not DC. Wait, not DC. What? They they said like so before they went to that location, they said something about Washington. Seattle, and then they Seattle? hard cut to Washington. Yeah, but then they would have definitely had the space needle. I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay. And it wouldn't have been that sunny. Fuck. Like that's not Seattle. They should have been in Seattle, and then the space needle turns into a transformer, because that makes perfect sense. Well, I mean, all, all I know about five is that the planet is a transformer. So there you go. One, I need to say this. You know, there were a lot of movies on this list I was really dreading. <laughs> but I'll be honest, I'm kind of intrigued in watching Pirates 5 one of these days. Maybe even Alice in Wonderland 2. There's no fucking way I'm watching the last night. Listen, I, I'm a... See, the thing is, I, I know that with the last night, they apparently make that reveal like at the end, like how in the latest Spider-Man movie, they have the big reveal, which we'll talk about that when we get what's, to it. What's the reveal in last night? That, that, the, that Earth is the Transformer. What in the holy fuck? <laughs> that, I literally just said that like a minute ago. I <laughs> missed that. <laughs> It's like, listen, Cybertron was always among us because <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true. I, I, that's my inference off of the idea that uh, the planet Earth is also a transformer. Just like, why not make it Cybertron? And like, the thing is, that's where they stopped. Like, they stopped at that. You got to have at least one movie exploring that. Like, come on. See, the thing with this franchise is it takes interesting ideas That's like it. robot dinosaurs and it does nothing with them. But the, the thing is, it's not impossible to do stuff with it. Exactly. It's like it's right there. The, the weird thing with this one specifically is somehow compared to the rest of it, it feels so much more thrown together. The events that happen have no connective tissue to build it, and it's just event, 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 rather than a nice, you know, arc to the movie. And, like, these new characters, I, they exist. They exist. I mean, exist. there's, like, small moments, like the Bud Light moment. And, like, the boyfriend just pulling out a business card that has the Romeo and Juliet clause. Why, before, why does he keep that there? Before we get to that there? moment, because that's going to be a good, like, half hour of this podcast. <laughs> May I bring up one line, one, one, one interaction that says so much about this movie? Mm -hmm. Optimus Prime goes to Marky Mark and asks, why are you willing to help me? And Marky Mark says, uh, I guess maybe because you trust me to. Wasn't there also another line where, like, Marky Mark's like, 
you know, to mess up, like, that's human. And, like, if you don't trust me to mess up, you wouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> are you, are, is that the same time when he goes, where did I, where, where is, does this come? Um, are, we, are we just going to have a quote off right now? <laughs> I don't know if these would deserve to be called quotes. <laughs> um, where is it? Sometimes our mistakes, uh, sometimes out of mistakes come great rewards. Yeah, 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 it was that conversation. He says that about two hours after the daughter says that she was a mistake. And that is the connective tissue between an arc of sorts, I guess. Does any character change by the end of this movie? Uh, Optimus Prime's like, you know what? You humans ain't too bad. Isn't he like that in, in, in every movie? <laughs> But at the beginning of the same damn thing. At the beginning of this one, he's like, I no like humans no more. And I don't get why. <laughs> they because yada they're yada. hunting them. They yada yada so much shit in the first half hour of this movie. And I am so confused. Like, did this happen in the last movie or is it in between? So is one one thing I have to ask, is this the first instance of oh wait, no, uh it was there in Iron Man 3. But like what? I'm starting to notice a trend of like pivotal moments of like character development in these movies being like the uh, the act three of the previous movie and like some character who was a bystander being like that impacted my life very greatly. Um, can you like uh he like the dude that was going after them was like. I don't like Transformers. My my sister was in Chicago. <laughs> Who said that? Um, damn, the I dude, don't remember the the dude who name. almost shoots her. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm not too familiar with that dude either. I mean, he's um, in the show Bosch. I know that because he's on the poster for it, and I've seen that while scrolling through like Amazon Prime a couple times. I see. I guess Dark Knight Rises is kind of like that. Iron Man 3 has it too. Sure, but... Iron Man 3. At the MCU goes on to do that 93 different times. It's ridiculous and... how often they go back to that trope. And then like Batman v Superman after hearing people be like, Man of Steel, Superman wouldn't destroy an entire city. It's like Batman's like, oh no, my city. Fuck, that is a scene in that movie. <laughs> But we, we, luckily, we won't have to talk about that one. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that when we talk about Aquaman. Aquaman could just be I us. I mean, it, it is completely disconnected, isn't yeah. it? We could, I don't know. I've never seen it. We can just talk about Jason Momoa's abs for two hours. And that's the entire podcast. What was with... There were some things in this movie that I'm like, I don't think you've done this in any of the other ones. The like, weird green blood that the Transformers had. Yeah, it was green this time. Was like, that I remember, ever a thing? So I remember they piss like uh, motor oil. Sure, sure. Like, no, no, lubrication. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, because the iconic line from the first movie where uh, Optimus Prime tells Bumblebee to Bumblebee, stop lubricating the man while, he, while he's pissing on John Turturro. 
sure. But uh, I, I don't think they've ever shown like blood or like of any kind like that before. And it certainly wasn't green. There was this odd emphasis on slow motion whenever action stuff happened that I don't remember being much of in the previous ones. So what what I found interesting watching while watching this movie is that there were times where my connection was like really bad so it would like drop in quality. And like this would be during the action scenes where there's like particle effects all over the screen. So it's like just blotches of color everywhere. It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Can't tell the difference. Cannot tell the difference. Um also, did they ever actually use the term transformer in a previous entry in this franchise? They had. They have. Are you sure? Because whenever yeah. they said it in this one, I'm like, it's got extra cartoony now, and I cannot follow. I mean, they did this. say Decepticons and Autobots a lot in the previous ones. You're telling me that's less cartoony than Transformers? I guess. I don't know. Whenever they'd say it, it, it pulled me out of the movie. Uh, what else is there to talk about? Let's, uh, what, what about, uh, Stanley Tucci's, uh, like sidekick, his lady friend, yeah, (laughs) his lady friend who's there, but she's like a badass, capable person, like she should be running the company. Oh, it's okay, Tucci's into her, I guess, but he also his ex is there, which why. You know, the weird thing is they could have had like a bit of like a social commentary thing where it's like, yeah, I have to be this good to reach this level as opposed to you, just a white dude who just like carries your way through. But like it could have been there, but of course this movie wasn't going to actually go for it. Do they kind of do that with Francis McDormand in three? I forget. Three, it was more girl bossy though. Okay. But like less girl, but more bossy. If that makes sense. Where it's just like she. It wasn't that she was uber capable. It's that she was. Denying that aspect of herself. For advancement. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Speaking of McDormand. um, Who. Obviously is romantically linked to Totoro. In the previous movie. God did I miss Totoro. John Totoro. (laughs) Is he was a blessing. Listen, he he was what carried me through three. Like yes. even though three was shit, like he was still fun. Oh, you really needed that presence. But like, what were they trying? I don't know what they were trying to do with the humans in this one. They were there. They were there, and that is it. I swear the humans were unnecessary in that final sequence. Because I, I, I vaguely remember Sam and Michaela kind of doing stuff in the previous movies. But, like, they did jack shit in this one. They, they had the seed. Why the fuck did they call it the seed? <laughs> Couldn't come up be, with a better name than the seed? Be, because you plant it and then out comes Transformers. <laughs> yeah. You, you you grow you grow them like you you grow your herbs. <laughs> oh my god! 
Why does does the script sprinkle in big words all the time? Like, I don't know. There's a scene when T.J. Miller was like something brain thingy, and it was like, why are you using these big words? Because they're science people. What the fuck was T.J. Miller's character anyway? T.J. Miller's character was the buddy of Marky Mark from back in the day who's done nothing with his life, so Marky Mark uses him. It made no sense that those two characters were friends. It's really weird when he was like, I'm basically your uncle. Five minutes after, he was like, oh yeah, she's hot. A hot teenager. (laughs) Which, we haven't even, we've only barely touched that uh, plot point. And then I will say T.J. Miller's death, kind of cool. You know, it, it was it was kind of like the horror movie where it's like the monster is coming and it's like, I'm stuck. How do you undo a seatbelt? I don't know. This movie hates seatbelts because <laughs> the boyfriend is trying to get out of a seatbelt at the end too, right? Yeah. But I, I did like the visual of the charred body there. That looked kind of cool i guess you know there there was that one chase sequence that that reminded me of a franchise we're gonna get to next week like before tj miller died oh when they're in the driving the car yeah and and like she holds the stick (laughs) obviously they also felt a need to say what was happening as it happened like well i mean we're in the cornfield now Listen, because you can't be expected to retain that information by just looking at the screen. <laughs> like, not with these movies. You, come on. <laughs> the way that the way the action shots are edited together and like shot, you need the verbal uh, explanation as well while it's happening. Or just show them driving through shit. Yeah, but like the way these films are shot and edited, it doesn't work. You don't remember it after like two seconds. <laughs> okay. Why does Mark Wahlberg look like a man who's never worn glasses before in his life when he has glasses on? <laughs> Again, it just feels like his. I I just can't buy him. As the science dude. No. Like not even as a science bro. And then he randomly has like perfect balance and aim when he's shooting them in the air on the weird wires. <laughs> also like, what was that gun specifically made for Mark Wahlberg? Was that like transformer technology made just for Mark Wahlberg? Because no one else uses it. I guess. <laughs> it is really just a machine gun. <laughs> not much to it you but like also aliens. it the way like he shoots them sometimes and it has no effect but other times it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he's is there, landing is there a hits he, he's landing hits and it literally like there's no like the the transformer doesn't even like acknowledge that it happened and yeah. then there's other times where a single bullet will kill one of them. Well, yeah, that's how bullets work, boy. <laughs> okay, I think we need to 
go through each character one by one and try to figure out what the fuck they are. <laughs> Not who the fuck they are, but what the fuck they are. Uh, Can let's we start, start with, with the landlord? Oh, okay. <laughs> or the, the, the real estate agent? You know what? That The one part of this movie that I did enjoy was Mark Wahlberg's aggression, which is something he, he knows how to do very well. Mark Wahlberg's aggression. Like that moment where like the real estate agent comes with like the other people's like, yeah, you want to see it around the lot? I'll take you back. <laughs> and then he just like brandishes the bat. like, I'm going to beat you in your face. And... Fuck, he did do that. <laughs> also, what's with the Dutch angle on the car door focusing on like her name? Do you remember this as she exits? Very unnecessary. I mean, you brought it up, so like it must have been a great shot. It stayed in your memory, bro. <laughs> On the topic of Mark Wahlberg's aggression, if you we will, I do think every one of the actors was really trying to give it their all. <laughs> the scene of him like grabbing onto the the net as it's pulling her up in the air, and he's like trying to smash the window, and he's telling her to smash the window. It's like wow, acting. You're trying something. I appreciate the attempts. It's futile, but... You know, I'm starting to wonder if there was, like, any Mark Wahlberg performance that I, like, actually enjoyed as, like, damn, that's a good... That's, like, good acting. That w- that wasn't just him not trying. Because, I like, haven't... the few times he showed up on, uh like, Entourage, like, great, you're a douchebag. That's great. You know how to play that. It's like he's not doing anything with it, but it's fun. But like I don't I can't think of one where he's like actually trying and it's good. I have not seen too many Mark Wahlberg movies. Um I vaguely remember liking him in the first Ted. Oh, I enjoyed him in a in a Patriot's Day. He's in all the money in the world. I forgot Wait, he's in all the that? money in the world. That's the one where uh, uh, Christopher Plummer, R.I.P., replaced Kevin Spacey last minute. What was that With movie Michelle, about? Michelle Williams, I saw like, it. I saw it in theaters, but I literally don't remember what it was about. I remember like liking it. Her son was stolen, and he and Christopher Plummer's like a, a rich dude. Right. I never right. saw it. I forgot Mark Wahlberg was in that. And as we I all know. Too. Paid so much more than Michelle Williams. Hollywood. I'm gonna watch Boogie Nights one of these days. That's what he was in. That he's the main dude in Boogie Nights. Oh wow. Yeah, I think he's Oscar nominated from the 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 Departed. Yo, he was wicked Departed. (laughs) Oh, he has two. Oh no, one is best picture for the fighter i forget he's in the fighter yo he's wicked the potted so yeah um mark Wahlberg literally has no wants except for the dude to leave his his daughter he's just like overprotective of his daughter that's that's his character he's a total asshole this entire movie and has no redeeming qualities that's yo that's that's the person you're supposed to relate to. Is like, my man. <laughs> At least, like, 
<laughs> At least in the first Transformers, that's the ignored sequels. Uh, Sam's like kind of an underdog. He has this nice connection with with Bumblebee, but there's no humanizing factor except for his overprotective nature with his daughter. You know, going back to Sam and like the initial trilogy, like I still can't get over the fact that like at the beginning of the first movie when they're establishing his character, he has to talk up, he has to like convince his teacher to give him like a a B <laughs> on an assignment to like get a car and then the next year he's in Ivy League school. Wasn't the int- the the implication that because he saved the world they pulled some strings? But like in the third movie, he can't even bring it up during a job interview. Why couldn't they pull some strings there to get him a job? You need like one I isn't it like, oh I wanna I wanna move on from him. I'm not defined by the Transformers or something. I don't remember. I I thought that made sense as I said it, but then I'm like, nothing in that movie points toward that. No. So there's <laughs> no way that that was what happened. Whoa, um, wait. I'm sorry. I, I just got to acknowledge what happened in your background. Did Hulu yeah. just say, like, movies like this, Shrek? Let's see. <laughs> it says, you may also like <laughs> Shrek. Shrek, Percy Jackson and, Olymp- uh, and the Olympians, the Lightning Thief. Star Trek Beyond, Hitman Agent 47, oh my God. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, and truly the crowning jewel of the Hulu library, Dragon Ball Evolution. So, like, some of those make sense, but, like, the algorithm at work, like, you like Transformers Dark the Moon? Bro, I got Shrek for you right here. <laughs> I think they're both DreamWorks or Paramount, so I guess. But, like, that's not really how that works. You don't follow production companies. I love Disney. That's why Lincoln's my favorite movie of all time. I love I love the the ride in Disney World based off Lincoln. It's the Hall of Presidents. (laughs) So you know what? Let's let's move on character wise. Let's 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 talk about Lockjaw. Which one's locked? Is that the evil robot? He he's the one that's like I'm the one who killed the dinosaurs. He's the one that's working with Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck was that character? Uh, he was like, "You don't know anything," and it's like he doesn't tell anything, but he's like, oh. "I work for the real boss, the big man, the big robot upstairs." <laughs> oh, you see, you're going to keep describing what he says, and my brain's going to go, I chose to ignore this as it was on screen. <laughs> I was looking at the screen, but thinking about the darkness that enveloped my room, and how I wanted it to envelop myself rather than this movie. So it's like, now I'm starting to wonder, it's like... <laughs> one, it kind of you- gives me vibes of... Um... The way that uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League was originally supposed to go, apparently. Oh, well, no, go on. Where, like, he was like, we had this villain here, but then at the end, it's like, oh, no, this guy's there, and he's the real threat. I I, I got that vibe from Lockjaw or Lockdown or Lockheed. 
Lock and Key. That's his name, Lock and Key. <laughs> yeah. He's the inspiration for the Netflix show Lock and Key, right? <laughs> oh my god. Um I'm looking I'm looking at the notes. There really was a line that said use the girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Kelsey Grammer was just like, yo, we need we need the transform man. And then yep. Mark Marky Mark's just not giving it up. And it's just he like I forget. He didn't he actually didn't know, right? Wasn't that the point? No, he did. Okay. It was literally like hidden underneath his shed. I see. So he really cared more for Optimus Prime than the daughter. Yeah. That's weird. Okay. Well, I think it was more like he really didn't he really didn't expect the government to kill his daughter for no reason. This is the guy we're expected to root for. These movies are shockingly anti-government. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. So because it has a huge like hard on for the military. Oh sure, but but not the government officials. Which I think is more trying to relate to its audience. Okay. Okay. But like if you're if you're like if you're supporting the military and stuff like that, those people don't decide what they do. But is that not just an aspect in the first one with Josh Dumel, who disappears later on? Hmm. Yeah, it was less so in this one because I was surprised at how long it took for like the government, like yeah, military to show up. But I'd say it was there for the previous trilogy at least. Yeah, I I felt like this one. Especially in that first act, there's so much of Mark Wahlberg and DJ Miller being like, "We're Americans, we can do whatever we want," and then the government be like, "No, you can't." Yeah, it did have a bit of a government's not taking my guns away kind of vibe. Oh yeah, that's 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 that is what I thought. I couldn't articulate it, but I I, I tossed you the softball, and you took that bat, and I spiked and it. You spiked it. <laughs> So uh, are we? Are we finally gonna get to it? Should we? What the fuck is wrong? So so uh, so for th- if you thankfully ignored this movie, Mark Wahlberg's daughter is played by Nicola Peltz, who uh, up to this point I would say best known for Avatar: The Last Airbender's feature film adaptation, The Last Airbender, where she played Katara. Damn, that was her. <laughs> Oh my god. And then she has a boyfriend that she's hiding from uh Mark Wahlberg. The boyfriend is played by let me get his name. Uh, I'm typing into the Google. It's coming. It's coming. Name. Jack Rayner. Jack Rayner. Now Oh my god. That's such that sounds like a Tom Clancy character. I will say <laughs> I'm a fan of Jack Rayner. I'm a big fan of the film Sing Street, and he's terrific in it as the older brother. You would not know that from watching this movie. Uh, whoa, wait, wait. Before we get into the main thing, 
So is he Irish in this movie or not? He is. Because like it feels like he just has that accent for like three lines where like they bring it up and then it's just dropped for the rest of the movie. Is it dropped or does he just not say anything for the rest of the movie? No, no, the, he he does say things once in a while, but like there's just no accent. It's just it's just not there. I did not notice that. Um like Excuse that moment as... when they're in the spaceship and like he's like, all right, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then he's like, so I surrender. Th there was no accent during that entire comedic quote unquote moment. Comedic quote unquote. <laughs> I have to adjust or I cannot handle this movie right now. Where are we? Um, I guess. But they don't even have a good explanation. He's like, I'm a driver. Yeah, that's his job. He's a driver. But they, they met in high school. Yeah, because Romeo and Juliet clause, bro. Nothing of that made sense. Listen, like, he was the one guy who was supposed to show up in the Fast and Furious movies who got cut because, like, this character doesn't have enough depth. I guess. <laughs> You know what I hate the most about that relationship? What? So, Michael Bay really likes sexualizing teenage girls in these movies. Yeah. With Megan Fox in the first two, and now Nicola Peltz. And yet, he acknowledges it in this movie. With the whole... TJ Miller being like, oh, she's a hot teenager. And then Mark, Mark Wahlberg calling him out on it. And then you get the Romeo and Juliet clause. And I don't know so, how like, we can excuse it when he is aware of it. So the thing is, like, you, you only get a sense of these people's characters from these extremely outlandish things. Like the fact that her boyfriend literally carries around a card that's like justifies his ability to have an underage girlfriend. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, here's an easier solution. Make him 18. <laughs> Make her 18. And he could just be like, oh, you haven't graduated yet. You're still under my roof. There's ways around this. But like Miss Simpson, then we won't get one of the like three memorable moments in this movie. <laughs> one, I think truly the universe would be better off without it. Because <laughs> what the fuck? Then Mark Wahlberg goes, you know what happens to the end of them at Julia, uh, Romeo and Juliet? And they're like, no. And like Mark Wahlberg, do you know what happens to the end of Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> Because you're a mechanic and you're buff. Neither of these and also you're me Mark that you read Wahlberg. Juliet. I don't think you understood. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be dumping on his intelligence. But also, he's he's just not a he's not a cool dude. Like he's no. he's done shit in the past. Yeah. I. If you want, you could look it up. We're not gonna get into it here. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> I laughed out loud harder than I've laughed in any of the Transformer movies during that scene. 
because I've seen the scene clipped out on Twitter and whatnot. Of the and Romeo like, and Juliet clause. Yes. I'm like, it can't be that bad in the movie, right? Not only is it that bad, it happens like half an hour into the movie. Like this is your intro. Like they have a a brief like video chat that like says nothing about who this person is. The first time you really get a sense of this character is when he pulls out this business card. That's like, I can legally have sex with your daughter. <laughs> also, I feel like the math doesn't add up. Also, uh, I, I, did, said, I did pause the movie to read that business card. God. <laughs> you like to it's recite like it for is, audience in case they want to know? Because it, he recites it. It's literally just written out like a legal like document. So it's like he actually, who, who printed that card? Like who who printed that card? They must did, have. Did they like go to like a like a fo- like one of the printer places where it's like buy a thousand business cards for this much? <laughs> did he make that many? And if so, did the person see it go like what the f-? like? Imagine the person at the printer place. It's just like, do I really have to do this? <laughs> no, we don't know too much about his character. Maybe he prints stuff out as a hobby. We don't know. Or he collects he collects little so, cards. Of- so so it's like that scene from American Psycho where they're comparing business cards. So like he turns up with the Romeo and Juliet. It's like check out my business card. Oh yeah, I've I've seen American Psycho. Uh huh. That's the one where they fuck the pie, right? You should watch it. I know. I think it's leaving like Hulu this month, or it just came to Hulu. So uh, I might do that. I might do that. Um, but like that that is a very big scene in that movie where like there's people just in a like boardroom that are just comparing business cards sounds more interesting than this movie oh it was and it was it was very sensual so the Romeo and Juliet clause (laughs) weirdly I think it really is the most iconic thing about this movie I mean, what else could it be? It, I, it I, wasn't I, the di- it wasn't the robot dinosaurs. No, because they're barely in this movie. And like the fact, what what gets me is that there the ins- it was an insert shot that shows you up close what the card says. That's what got yes. me. <laughs> yes. It's just like just in case you think that we're not that we didn't actually print this card. No, no, no. We did print this card. It feels like a parody of itself. Like this cannot be real. <laughs> and then it was. This movie is the longest in the series. Yeah. <laughs> At what point did you start checking how much was left of the movie oh well i started off the movie with my guitar outside because i knew i'd need something to keep me awake mm-hmm. um and about after maybe an hour of that i was like nope and i kept looking at the screen and like yeah no it keeps going so like That's- for me it was the second they blew up the barn i was like how much of this movie's left oh it's like damn we're only like 35 minutes in hey one there was a missile in the, the family room there's a miss in the family. Honestly, like 
the thing is she did have character in, in that moment at the farm like where she was just like yo what what the fuck's wrong with y'all she was the voice of reason but then as soon as her boyfriend shows up it's just like oh now i'm just arm candy i guess but what tj miller also was like i don't even know what his character's name is he also was like what is wrong with you mark Wahlberg?" up until mark Wahlberg was like i basically own you <laughs> do you remember this yeah what the fuck and then he's like yeah i think they made that illegal <laughs> even in texas i think it's been a while since that's been legal like goddamn like do, do you and do you like or hate texas i don't understand <laughs> i don't <laughs> or is that just supposed to be a joke where like the people who who would say that it's like <laughs> yeah i totally would say that it's like yeah i was one of those types of people <laughs> what was the music in this movie so like in the previous 3 they had like in 3 they had uh 21 guns by <laughs> Green Day. Oh my God, it did. No, that was two. No, it was three. Are... 21 Guns was in three, not two? Let me... I'm just going to double check when I that thought, album I came thought out. Megan Fox was with that... Was with the uh, the montage for 21 Guns. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, it was so two. Be two. It was two. And then, th like... It also had a new divide by Lincoln Park, and like the first three movies had Lincoln Park. This and like they kept playing the one song over and over again, but like it was distinctive because like Lincoln Park ha has their own sound. You were saying in the previous movie, right? Yeah. Okay. This this movie kept playing the exact same song, yep. but like it was the most generic rock song. Yep. Like it was kind of reminding me of like. I think it was like the Terminator Genesis trailer where like they had this one song where it was the 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 lyrics were I'm going hunting I am the hunter <laughs> Genesis is the the Christian Bale one or the Emilia Clark one Emilia Clark It's like then, you know what? Like you said, you were going hunting. I did. Like off of that information, I didn't know that you were also a hunter. What else would you do? <laughs> what else would you be? Just like they felt the need to add that as a line. So I was like, "Damn, you're like two lines in, and you're already creating filler bars." <laughs> Wait, filler bars? I thought I thought there were people in the Senate trying to get rid of filler bars. <laughs> Are you sure there's still a thing? I mean that that song that song came out a little bit ago at oh, least. Uh, but yeah, the the soundtrack. You felt, mean the song? Well, the, <laughs> the song felt like a lesser version of what they had before, and the score I found so overbearing that it felt like it was trying to save the movie and do too much. You know, it specifically felt like a lesser version of the song they had in uh, the third movie. 
even know what the song is. Uh, I think it was Iridescence. I think that was what it was called. Again, it was off of my favorite Linkin Park album. So, what 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 used to be your favorite Linkin Park album? I mean, it's still <laughs> my favorite Linkin Park album, but uh, doing that song. I'm sorry you didn't like my bit. I'm sorry my bit was too far fetched for you. Yeah, it was ir- iridescent. But you know, what I think is interesting. What Kelsey Grammer spent 20 years doing sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And yet he's never the comedic relief after that. I mean, w- was he the comedic relief in the sitcoms? Mm, I thought no, he played he's... more like a straight man. No, but he has a lot of ridiculous stuff. Ridiculousness he does. One of my favorite moments is in Cheers is when he shouts about running with scissors. Very okay. funny bit. But yeah, it was just something interesting. Like, whenever we see him now, he's a very serious man. Not to be confused with (laughs) the Coen brothers and Michael Stuhlbarg's A Serious Man. Also, great film. Great film. Really great film. Holy shit. For those unaware, it is a comedy. It is okay to laugh at that movie. It is the darkest. (laughs) It's one of the darkest of comedies. Michael Stuhlbarg. The man gave us that and the monologue in Call Me By Your Name. What a treasure. Unlike this movie. I, I'm still a little bit upset at watching A Serious Man with my family. And they're like, I don't get it. It's just depressing. It's like, no, it's funny. <laughs> it took me a while to understand dark comedy like that. <laughs> I always felt too bad for the characters watching. But I'm like, oh, I, I understand the situation. Like the ending came and they were like, oh, wow. That's just like, man can't catch a break. And I'm like, yo, they... <laughs> The world literally decided he did a wrong thing and his entire family's dead. <laughs> Spoilers for a serious man if you haven't watched it. It's still a great movie. Uh, you can probably watch it twice in the time it takes you to watch Well, like, you don't know how they died. <laughs> yeah, it's revealed that the entire Earth is a is a transformer and it transforms in the middle of it. And it transforms and crushes specifically that man's family. <laughs> I guess there's a cool moment in this movie where they're driving Optimus Prime and he transforms around them. I guess that was cool. But again, that was like a thing that they've done in all the other movies. Like, it feels like all the other movies have at least one moment where there's like a chase sequence while they're cars. And then at one point there's like explosions that make them turn into the robot form and they have to like catch the humans and then bring it back in and then while they turn back into cars. You're right. You're right. That that's why the initial scene where uh the daughter was holding the stick really st- stood out to me. Oh it was just God. it was just straight cars. Like they were just straight up racing that shit. I think Galvatron was kind of cool in the way he like morphs. You know what? I that's another thing I gotta bring up. Like if if it's got the mind of Megatron. And like they're they've established like that that is the new Me- that is Megatron. Sure. Why is he like I'm Galvatron? <laughs> also, like if he's supposed to be outwitting the people who are like making that thing, why would he take the name that they gave him? Sentimental value. Just because they're transformers <laughs> doesn't mean that they don't have feelings, Paul. Yeah, but like he doesn't care about those people. 
that he's using them as a means to an end. Speaking of means to an end, what the fuck was the character shift in Stanley Tucci? Uh, Mark, Marky Mark was like, I'm an inventor and you're an inventor. So that means there must be something good in you. And then he's like, you know what? You're right, Marky Mark. There you go. That, that was the character shift. For someone so poor, Mark Wahlberg had a whole lot of shit in that barn. Listen, he, he's just a, a scrapyard finder. I guess. Oh, speaking of him finding Optimus Prime, it all, when they... Though, before we get to that, that also goes to this idea of, like, how, like, media portrays, like, poor and stuff like that, where it's like, you still have this huge-ass space and, like, everything's fine, which really, is like negatively impacts how poor people in the real world are actually treated but i digress <laughs> you know because people expect like yo why are you complaining about all this like i've seen the i've seen transformers age of extinction i know you got a barn full of scrapyards why don't you just make something i'm now imagining someone was in a 30 year old a 30 year long coma and woke up and was like, whoa, what just happened? But no one's in their hospital room. But on the TV is Transformers Age of Extinction. And so everything they think about the world now, it comes from Age of Extinction. <laughs> this is how the world works now. Like, did, did we, did everyone just move to China for no reason? <laughs> it really, oh. There is no I mean, reason the, for that final. In the movie, there's it's like very hand brushed away. It's like, oh, that's. I mean, it it does make sense where like that's where the manufacturing is happening, where they're mass producing these transformers. But like, it was obviously done that way to like appeal to the Chinese market. Oh yes, which is where they made their money for this movie. That was why that happened. That's why uh, Li Bingbing was cast. Uh, in this movie. That's why the Meg exists. Um, we haven't really gone into it too in detail, but that's that's a lot of why. Uh, that's uh, They did that line Iron Man 3 as well. They have like, they shot scenes for Iron Man 3 with Chinese actors in it. And oh, they cut yeah. them for US releases, but then threw them back in for uh, the Chinese release. Interesting. Can we take a second to talk about some of the people voicing Transformers in this movie. Before we do that. Okay, go on. Um, so, like, in the previous three movies, the Transformers didn't have much character. and it, But it's fine because it was focused on uh, Sam Witwicky and, like, his uh, misadventures for the most part. For sure. Where it's, whereas it seems like in this movie, the Transformers are getting semi-equal screen time. Do you still get any sense of like character from these robots? No, and that's why they're so exaggerated. Like I I get nothing. No. It bothers me that they keep pointing out Bumblebee when Mark Wahlberg and his family have no connection with Bumblebee. 
whatsoever. It, it's weird that he's still infantilized. Yep. Also, really? and they call he's... it out. <laughs> oh, there's there's a bit where Optimus Prime is like, "Oh, Mark Wahlberg, I I see your troubles with your daughter. I had that with Bumblebee, and I so want to want have." I was gonna, but I'm not. I wanted one of my fix later to be a cold cut to Bumblebee on the Transformer planet, like making out with a, a Cybertron girl Transformer. What the fuck? And uh, there's only one girl Transformer in these movies. I think. I think there was a girl Transformer in two. The one in two that makes out with with Sam and then sticks her tongue down his throat. That wasn't the one I was talking about, but. <laughs> Wow, I forgot that was a part of that movie till this moment. And they they really tried to portray college. <laughs> they really got Ken Watanabe and John Goodman playing Transformers in this movie. Oh. <laughs> I was watching this movie, it was like, they did not get John Goodman to do this. They did. And John Goodman gets to say arguably the greatest line of dialogue this man has ever said. This man's worked at the Coens. He was on Roseanne for years. He's done... He was in back-to-back best... He's on the Connors. He was in back-to-back best picture winners, The Artist and Argo. But truly, the greatest piece of dialogue I'm sure he's ever said was when he says... Take that, bitch. Who is this in t- regards to? I don't know. What, what are you talking about? That's that's iconic. That's iconic. I guess. But I, I don't know why you br- brought up that line specifically. That just sounds generic as fuck. I don't know. Something about John Goodman saying that line <laughs> really was like, why? What was with the... Full circle turn of the football. In the theater, there's a football, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Mark Wahlberg throws it at TJ Miller, who misses the catch. And then TJ Miller tries to throw it to Mark Wahlberg. Doesn't he work. fumbles the pass. Yeah. At the end of the movie, Mark Wahlberg throws the football at the evil guy and makes him fall out of a window. Oh, yeah. I think... Crazy. I think that's what happened. There Why? Was something I wanted to bring up. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, can we talk for a second about how, like, every single one of these movies seem to start with, like, a, a scientific, like, breakthrough foundational shift in how we understand science that's just never explained later? Oh, because... No. <laughs> because how like, would one explain that in this movie about robot dinosaurs? Oh, I'm still listening. I'm just gonna grab my ear my uh, headphones. My I, I don't I don't get it. Because like every single movie that like in the third one, they're like, Oh, there have been transformers on the moon this entire time. And it's like never brought up again, never acknowledged. Like they keep bringing up these things that should like change the world overall but it just doesn't 
it's like if nothing else these scientists should be talking to each other and like when they see this new like oh shit i see us i see this robot in this ice that's been frozen for millennia like they shouldn't be surprised at this point because like there's like three other movies at least where that's been happening you feel me I do feel you. Can you hear me all right? Nah, it's coming like Jack in the Box, box, like drive through window. I'm going to do this. That's, not all right. that's good. That's good. That's good. No, I'm going to do this. Does that sound all right? That sounds exactly this. Yes, it's good. It's good. All right, cool, cool. So my wireless earbuds were dying. Nice, and nice. I had to do a quick transplant. To these headphones I have, and uh, that happened. But yeah, they uh, they completely yada yada all the science because that's too much thinking. But like, at at least acknowledge like these other events happened. <laughs> like every time there's a new discovery, it's always like, "Whoa, this has never been seen before." So you want them to acknowledge the discoveries from the previous movies in the later movies? Just a line. Just uh, just throw me a bone. Just throw me a bone. That that would require people to to try to remember what happens in the previous movies. I mean, movies. the titles of these movies give you a hint. Actually, yeah, they're not the worst titles, <laughs> subtitles for me. I was like, really? But no, they're, they're not terrible. Age of Extinction has the dinosaurs. Dark of the Moon has Dark the, of the moon. moon. Has the Moon. <laughs> Revenge of the Fallen. That one, less so. Who's the Fallen in that title? I forget. There was a specific Transformer that was known as the Fallen. What? Yeah. All right, hold on. Who's the Quantum of Solace? <laughs> Oh, it was that God. dude who like everyone was upset that he didn't have any facial deformities that even though he's a, a bond villain <laughs> i forgot that and they were like oh we wanted to prove that anyone could be the villain it's like okay you know what like I i'm with it i'm with it he's like you know what in this modern age it could be anyone and it's like you know what good on you bro i'm, I'm here for it you know what movie what moment in this movie really bothered me? What? When they're in the alien ship and running around, which felt like it went on forever, it was only like 10 minutes. But Tessa's running uh well, I don't think we mentioned her name. Tessa's Tessa, the daughter. Yes, yes. Tessa's yelling it out for Mark Wahlberg's name was Cade. We haven't mentioned anyone's names. There's uh there's uh Tessa, there's Cade. There's Romeo and Juliet Claus, dude. Shane. I don't remember any of these names. Anyways, um, Tessa's uh, lost, separated from from Kate and Shane, her dad and her boyfriend, and she's calling out for her dad. Right? Mm -hmm. She's like, "Dad, Dad, help me!" And then she finally sees them, and hugs the boyfriend first, which not only makes no sense. But is it an unnecessary attempt at humor? What do you What do you mean flat. unnecessary? 
You need oh, the God. ha-has. Speaking of ha-has, why was there a My Little Pony in this movie? You know, friendship is magic. It was just like all, all the rage back in 2014. What upset me was that it was Rainbow Dash. Doesn't it turn into a gun? And uh, you like music? The pill. So that's before. That's that's a different scene. They 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 had two separate instances of product placement. They can't share screen time, okay? Because then that 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 ruins the product placement. Because like, then you know which product is it. You're telling me the only form of music that exists. It's like that. That's the only thing you could think of. The pill. The pill. The pill. <laughs> what did you want? A zune. <laughs> All you right. know what? Just just give me a huge boombox. Might Juan. as well, man. Juan. Guardians of Ga- of the Galaxy uses a Zune reference later in that same year, all right? They have to even it up. Hell. But, like, listen. The only people who use Beats by Dre are the people who saw it in these movies. And it's like, it's it's not like it's better quality. It's not like it's especially good. The the one thing okay the one thing I'll give you with Beats by Dre is that they give you the accessories with it like they give you a carrying case that's nice but like the audio quality for the amount you're paying you're better than that go get you a Sennheiser <laughs> is there anything else we have to talk about in this movie um. That that uh that place where uh Marky Mark kills Kelsey Grammer with the football. No, not not Kelsey Grammer. It's the other character he killed with the football. No, he hasn't killed Kelsey. No, no, Optimus Prime oh, wait, kills yeah, yeah, Kelsey yeah, Grammer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that that James, that, I believe it's James Savory, played by Titus Welliver. That that location overall reminded me. Of a scene from uh, the Ghost in the Shell movie, both the uh, American remake and the original, because the American remake stole that from the original. Now, Juan, would it surprise you that there's a connection to Ghost in the Shell with this movie? What is it? One of the co-writers of Ghost in the Shell, uh, E. Aaron Kruger, is the sole credited writer for this film. Yeah. You know, one thing I will say about Ghost in the Shell, the uh movie starring uh I feel like we did, we, we did this like four weeks ago, but go on. I really liked the initial promos for it where they didn't even like say the name of the movie, but they like gave a brief like shot and then like had the triangle. I was like, you know what? That, that that's a cool way to promote your movie. I vaguely remember this. Shout out to Amir Mockery, I guess, who is the cinematographer. And that's of one this? of the yeah, one of the better parts of this movie, I guess. I, I, maybe, maybe. I did have a thought going into this movie, like, <laughs> am I gonna like this better or worse than On <laughs> Stranger Tides? Or worse? <laughs> well, that, scientifically, it can't be worse than scientifically On Stranger it can't, Tides. But but you know, my it's my own opinions, and I was like. 
This looks cooler than on Stranger Tides did. I mean, there's more going on here than on Stranger Tides. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth it. We'll get to it later, but yeah. So I look, it visually it was stimulating when it wasn't the special effects. When it was the special effects, I'm like, oh, there's a lot. This is a lot. You're trying a lot. And uh, I would I'd be remiss to not mention the fact that these movies just end. It's crazy. They never end, and it's so sudden. Well, aren't these produced by Steven Spielberg? They are. <laughs> that is the connective tissue. Wow. He was like, no, no, you don't, you don't got to waste too much time with an epilogue. Just end it. Yeah. So I think that's it for our conversation, right? Is there anything else you have in the tank for Age of Extinction? Um, Ken, Ken Watanabe's robot was something. Both him and the real estate agent slash landlord felt like, really, these are the two minorities you have in this movie? And this yeah. is what they're doing? This is what they're doing? These are the characters they're portraying? Well, it's Caricatures. Like, oh, I'm Asian, so I am samurai. <laughs> Are Ken Watanabe and Ken Jeong the only Asian characters in these movies? No, there's the assistant. Oh, you're right. I apologize. One. I apologize. I forgot because she was unnecessary. <laughs> but she was badass. Sure. In theory. <laughs> in execution. The jury's out on it. But in theory. She was like, get to the roof. And then he was like, she's like, get to the roof. Boom. Juan, we have strong opinions about this movie. I mean, do we? Do we? (laughs) We can say... Not perfect. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know. So if if someone came up to to you and was like, "Hey, what does Transformers: Age of Extinction and <laughs> Did you forget which subtitle saw, this one had?" I saw Doctor the Moon on the screen. I was like, "If someone asked you, hey, what does Transformers: Age of Extinction and perhaps Schindler's List have in common?" Oh, okay. You're 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 going into this. You, you're getting- I'd say. Uh, I believe they're both produced by Spielberg. But wasn't Schindler's List directed by Spielberg? I assume he was also a producer. No, you only you'll have one or the other. You can't no, be both. I believe he is both. No, I'm 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 deciding that you wow. can't be both. Are you also taking away the Oscar <laughs> nomination he has for Best Picture for that movie <laughs> and his Oscar? <laughs> it's mine now. Wow. So that's not true. But what is true is that both Steven films- Spielberg email me regarding sending me my Oscar. That's yeah. not yours anymore. Uh, uh, Spielberg, uh, I know you heard what we said to you in Jurassic Park. <laughs> and we have more to say. If you would like to continue this conversation, please email us at the Billion Dollar Movie Club at yahooneopets.com. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's too, too small. <laughs> oh, that's the abbreviated link. Ah, okay. There's a larger link. If you click on it, 
and then the and you click on the in. Neopets one. Yes. <laughs> it's like you have to go through an entire game just to get to our. Well, email. you know, I have a Scorpio <laughs> and a Kachink blocking that, it. That that sounds wrong somehow. I want to say Kachink is the name of the one I'm thinking of, but it does sound wrong as I say it. <laughs> and now I have to check: is that the name of the Neopet I'm thinking of? Types of I was. Did so you ready. play Neopets? Yes. Did you? No, but I feel like I gotta go. I gotta get into it. Oh. Like you know what, 2021. That's the year for Neopets. We could start a, a a billion dollar movie club server. I guess is that what you call it? <laughs> like we, all of our fans go on Neopets at once, and then we'll collect all of them, all the paintbrushes and the omelets and the jelly. Sure, Th- those things. We'll get them all, like Pokemans. All right. It was Kachik, Kachik, not Kachink, Kachik, and not a Scorpio, but a Scorchio. There's also you really Corbats. Sca- you really said Kachink. Corbats, Chias. Fl- well, they have Chia pets. Yes. <laughs> like, d- is is there hair grass? Should I screen uh, share this? Let's do it. You know what? Let's let's explore let let's explore Neopets right yeah, now. Yeah, we deserve this after this movie. <laughs> we spent about ten hours watching Transformers movies. Okay, we can talk about there's Nimmos, Nimmo, Lenny, Jub Jub. Oh my God, I love Jub Jub. Jub Jub. Which one's Jub Jub? It's the third one at the top. Oh, Jeff Jeff. <laughs> I was a big Scorchio fan. Uh, Walkie. Walkie looks a little mischievous. Walkie is a mischievous one. Yo, and- Bruce. Bruce. Oh my God, Bruce. Go back up. It's Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> Bruce is a wily one. Bruce, there's, there's a game in, in Neopets where you play uh, basically BS. They call it cheat, mm-hmm. and Bruce. Oh, Bruce, good at that game. So, uh, what's your pick between Flotsam and Jetsam? What team are you on? Team, team Flotsam. Exactly. You, you're right. You, you on the right side. Yeah. All Yo, right, well, Quiggle looks real happy. He is a delightful fellow. <laughs> Now, Blumaroon, I feel like it's very sad. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting, uh, damn, why? That's not his name. Who? I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, the, the Eeyore, Eeyore. Eeyore? Yeah. I was about to say Dumbo. It's like that's not his name. I'm pretty sure I've seen Blumaroon at the Neopets soup kitchen a couple times. That's sad. That is a thing. How do you even pronounce X We Talk? <laughs> Sweet Talk? It's like Extension. <laughs> well, that was uh, our trip to the Neopets Corner. A nice diversion from the, the segment I was setting up. And you know what? Maybe sometime in the future we will revisit Neopets. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> But uh, Schindler's you'll List... Just, you'll just end. have to keep watching to find out. Point, Schindler's List end. 
Age of Extinction, not perfect movies. Oh, there, there we go. That's what you were saying. Okay, cool. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Schindler's List, not perfect movie. I'll be honest, never seen it. So maybe it is. Listen, the only flaw I see is that it was made before 2000. There is a giant flaw in that it is currently only streaming on Peacock. Yo, that just kind of undermines like the whole thing of that movie. It's like, yo, I'm about to watch Schindler's List on Peacock. <laughs> oh, Pawn, how would we fix, fix this movie? How would you fix it? Am I starting it off? You're starting it off. All right, I'm gonna need to to get in place for ready for this. All right. Oh, oh, are are we bringing the guitar? <laughs> are we bringing a secondary uh, prop of some kind? Fuck, I could have. <laughs> I did not. I did not prepare for it, so I, we won't. You know what? Just just speak the prop, and then like the I'm this gonna... is this is for the listeners especially. We're we're throwing you a bone. There's no there's nothing on screen. We're we're well, well, we're, you know, uh, we're verbalizing the picture. Fun. Although I don't have the prop with me, doesn't I am a trained thespian. I've been taking an improv class. I can do some object work. And maybe... Yes, I'm a trained thespian. I took <laughs> improv class. <laughs> I can do some object work, and maybe the audience will think, well, those viewing us on the YouTubes will be able to visualize what I'm, I am. I'm sorry. I just can't get past that statement. I'm an actor. I take an improv class. <laughs> no, no, no. A thespian. A thespian. A trained thespian. Are you a thespian or a librarian? Because I know you got room for my dick. <laughs> Thespians and lesbians are the same, right? <laughs> I know. I made up the word thespian. Is that a real word? I thought it made me sound cool. So what are you so, going to do? <laughs> one of our favorite moments of the Transformer franchise, right? Who knows which one it's in? Is when they're in a city and there is some sort of attack that turns <laughs> objects into transformers, right? That was two? That was two. That was two. The the one object that really grabbed me was not the vending machine. The Xbox but rather before that. When <laughs> yes, a woman was walking with a box. A boxed Xbox. In two thousand nine, three years after it came out. Four years after it came out. Yeah. And it's not like it's in a, a GameStop bag or anything. She's walking out of the box. Well, listen. Inviting people to come it's over and take it from her. GameStop wasn't the people who paid them. It was Microsoft. All right? <laughs> so as we know from that, we've established video game consoles make great Transformers. Wait. Now, we know this came out in 2014. Fresh off a new generation starting within the past two years. And we know Mark Wahlberg has a lot of trash in his barn. So Optimus Prime transforms for the first time. A laser shoots out of him. It hits a Wii U. Wait, no, that was the first movie. That was the first movie. Because I remember there was the whole gag where in the house things were starting to like become Transformers as well. Well, you know what, Pawn? In the fourth movie, it's now a Wii U tablet. And Optimus Prime is like, oh, I like this. And he goes inside the Wii U tablet. He goes inside it. And says, 
Yes. Throughout this entire movie, Optimus Prime is a Wii so, U tower. So is it a and sexual he, experience? Oh, no. Like, much like you? the one in uh, The Matrix where uh, Neo goes inside the... Uh, the uh the mr whatever his name is is this in the first matrix it might i think so i think so I remember this no no but no like the script specifically says it is a deeply sexual like moment for oh. the agent i need to rewatch the first matrix i guess but nay this is this is not a sexual moment how dare Did you, you just say but nay but nay how dare your filthy mind ruin this pure film. This this pure film in a franchise where like one of the miniature robots was introduced by humping Megan Fox's leg. <laughs> Again, Americans love these movies. And they need to fall in love with the Wii U. So Optimus Prime is now a Wii U. However, his Transformer, the Wii U could tr turn into a truck if needed. But for the most part, he doesn't have his human form anymore. He has a Wii U tablet form. Now, uh, eventually he, re he, he reconvenes with the Transformers. That's been, I guess they're just out about, I never thought about right now. Were the they hiding? You, the way you said that, it made me, it made me think that he was re like, he was channeling the Transformer spirits. <laughs> Oh god. So yes, he's with these the Transformers again and Bumblebee's there. As we know, Bumblebee still can't talk. Talks in movie quotes for some reason. Movies are on the radio. And so Yeah, I, you you never just turn turn into the channel where it's like only the dialogue of films. Oh yes. <laughs> That's my favorite radio station. Which 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 one are you always listening to in specific? Uh, I, I listened to Q, Wish You Could Have Seen It. <laughs> oh, which movies are covered on that radio station? You know, they run the gamut. I, uh, the other day, I listened to The Master. Uh... <laughs> it's just, it's just, they had Casino Royale on like two weeks ago. So when, they, when it's The Master, is it just um, Philip Seymour Hoffman saying, pig fuck? Over and over again. So, Bumblebee still can't talk. Right. For some reason, this movie, the dial's broken. And so, Bumblebee can only speak in Mark Wahlberg movies. That's what it was? What? It no, was oh. I made that up. <laughs> right. Specifically... Okay, you, you got you got to bridge the gap because like specifically you got to specifically say like this is how I'm adding on to it. I am changing it so Bumblebee can only speak in Mark Wahlberg movies, specifically The Happening and Tim Burton's 2001 remake of Planet of the Apes. Now, go on. We get to we do, do you have some choice quotes? That uh, he would be using. I have not watched these masterpieces yet, so I don't have any specifics. Well, what, then why would you bring them up? Because you know it's the right thing to do. You know it's the right thing to do. Now, later on, Helsinki Grammar. Listen, it, it would be like one thing if you were like, 
let's let's have him quote Gemini man. It's like one he'll say stuff like you made a person out of a person. Point <laughs> important question. Do you think Will Smith and Mark Wahlberg are the same person? No, no, but I was just giving an example of like that's a movie I I know would be funny and like I know the quote from it that Hold would up. be funny. Funny? This is not a comedic segment, Paul. This is a very serious <laughs> segment where we improve these movies. I, I, I apologize. Listen, your improvement might be for the comedic factor of the movie. You know, Have you thought of that? What? <laughs> well, you know, Tim Burton intended for the Planet of the Apes remake to be a franchise, but he perfected this the formula so well, they said no more Tim Burton. But like... They they perfected the formula so well with Men in Black One for like the sequels. They were like, let's just make it again. Yeah. But the 2001 Planet of the Apes, I only assume so pure, so pure. So later on in this movie, Kelsey Grammer has this bit where he says, "You can either choose the Transformers or the humans, and you chose them." Right. Right. I think because... this this line is incomplete. And so he goes, and he and you chose them. What's wrong with your head? You got some tossed salad and scrambled eggs up there. Cool. Right. And then I think what should happen is that the humans lose. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I don't know how they won. So let's just say the robots. What do you mean the humans won? I guess they, I don't know what happens at the end of this movie. The, and so the, and the so, conflict may isn't I finish, actually between. May I finish. <laughs> and so the dinosaurs killed everyone, except for Tessa. Tessa's like, "Wow, I can't." And she tames the dinosaurs. I can't do this anymore. I have to be a new person now. I am now alloy, <laughs> and it is now connected to the Horizon Zero Dawn universe. And then it's accidentally, <laughs> and then when in atypical, the dude's like, "Meet me at Faulty Towers." It's just a scene from Transformers. Yes, Age of Extinction. Yes, <laughs> and that's how I improve this movie. There is more Nintendo and uh, truly video game references as a whole. Um, more Wal- Mark Wahlberg and Kelsey Grammer meta humor. Uh, what, what would you say? This is also like a stealth pilot run for uh, the Pixels movie. In this case, now I just want to make sure I, I read this correctly. I believe either the writer or the cinematographer also worked on Pixels, and so I think yeah, it's a backdoor pilot for Pixels. Let me just double check. Uh, it's not, it's not the writer. However, yep, the cinematographer. Same movie. The same universe. So I think- So Adam Sandler is now in the Transformers universe? You know he was. See, I thought everyone in our real world existed in the Transformers universe except for Adam Sandler. Like, that was the one distinction between their world and ours. Hold on. We call him the Sandman. You know the Sandman is a Transformer. (laughs) Yes, because every single Transformer's name has man in it. 
Bond, how would you improve this movie? So I brought up how like the one moment of um, product placement that was great was uh, when uh, uh, Marky Mark was like angrily cracking open a cold one on a dude's car. Sure, sure. I just want like more moments like that. Like maybe like earlier in the movie when uh, when they were coming to like take his stuff. He the bat he has is licensed. So he's like, I'll break you with this da, 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 bat. Does he pull a Wayne's world where he turns to the camera and says the license? No, 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 no. He specifically says it at them so that they know it's a good quality bat that won't break before they do. Now, Juan, <laughs> I am a simple man. I don't know different types of bat brands. Can you specify which bat? They're using off the top of your head. No, no. no <laughs> I want you to I make got... up a name. Okay. Uh, the the Robinson Special. The Robinson Special. <laughs> Wait, is this a brand or the nickname for the bat? The nickname for the bat from the oh. company from Wilson's. <laughs> I thought you would just do Wilson. That's. I feel like that was the obvious one. Go on. Yeah, it's, so like the Wilson, they're like, we have this premium bat that like, we need people to understand that it's a bat that will not break no matter what it hits. So they're like, you know what, per cross promotion, Marky Mark's going to be like, I'm going to use this bat on you so you know it won't break before you do. <laughs> so that's one thing. Go on. I'm sorry if I'm silent. I'm trying to open my apple juice. Go so on. two. We, we brought up no John Turturro. And also, lack of dinosaurs. So, like, how, how, did, how did John Turturro show up in the previous movie? He, was, he somehow shifted his, like, career to be something related to, like, what he gets drawn back in with. So, like, this one, he's like, you know what? I'm done with Transformers. I'm done when we initially see him. And he's like, dinosaurs are my new thing. I'm going to go full in. I'm going to be a paleontologist. And we're gonna do it and then like the thing comes out as like dinosaurs are transformers so he's like all right oh shit here we go again <laughs> he is literally the only person whose interests collide in the venn diagram thus making him the expert like he he completely shifted his career path to be like i'm a paleontologist now i'm studying the earth and prehistoric life and like that happens he's like you know what i guess i'm back <laughs> i said i was out but you know i'm back <laughs> or right back in exactly so that's how you bring john turturro and his zaniness back is francis mcdormand still part of this in either a, a minor role or a cameo no, no 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 so so you remember how in the third movie they just wrote michaela off like oh you, you've been yes better yes. ever since the same thing happens with francis mcdormand's character okay i almost made up a line for sam in a similar fashion but i was like i don't need to so like it's just like yeah i you know what once i stopped thinking about transformers she was like i don't know who you are anymore <laughs> <laughs> and then like i like my dinosaur and like he's got a like dinosaur bone he's like 
and then he holds it up. It's like you're better off without her. <laughs> Wait, he has a friend now. <laughs> yeah, he like of course since he's now fully into paleontology, he has like one of the skulls. It's a skull. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So he's like mouth. He does the mouthing for it. <laughs> does he know that's not a real? person or is it like rex from victorious it's one of those things where you can't tell if he doesn't know and like that's that's like that's like reintroducing you to his character fascinating fascinating finally a character with an arc in this movie (laughs) go on and uh we we brought up the romeo and juliet clause business card yeah uh, I just want to expand on that scene a little bit where he'd be like, yo, why you got, why is this a business card in your wallet? Like how often, like Marky Marks just got it. You know what? He's like, he acknowledges like, you know what? I get it. You're dating my daughter, but why do you have this? It seems like you're really trying to prove something that like, just let it go, bro. Let it go, what, bro. What if the back of the business card is his actual ID? So Mark Wahlberg grabs a, the the business card to look at it looks at the back sees the id and he's 21 like, dude come on dude where uh i i'm imagining this happens towards the end of the movie where for like no reason once like marky mark likes the boyfriend he's just like yo just drop the card you don't need it drop drop the card it's not making <laughs> you look good <laughs> That's how I improved this movie. So I I did a quick look. It seems like they did go back to Chicago in this movie, mm-hmm. which is why it would look the same as three. So what if, because the Romeo and Juliet law only applies in Texas, <laughs> when they're in Chicago, a dude's like, hey, yo, how old, how old are you? It's like, it's okay. I got this clause. It's like, hey, that's only for Texas. That says Texas. <laughs> that's for Texas. <laughs> And then he just runs away like a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> like Ray Fiennes in Grand Budapest just runs away to not get caught. And they're in China. And he's like, we're out of America. I'm fine. I can do whatever they want. But then the Chinese agents are like, how old are you? And he's like, numbers are different in this country. And they're like, no, they're not. And they arrest him. Because <laughs> he's an American. He's dumb. One. I like it. I think we did wonders for this movie. I feel like this might actually end up being our longest podcast. <laughs> I told you it would either be our shortest or longest. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. I don't know when we started, but it's up there. Um, we could drag it out and talk about Neopets more, or should we go to the list? You know what? Maybe I should start my Neopets account on, <laughs> on camera. <laughs> So but you on. know we've been talking about our opinions. Yeah. But who cares about that? Yeah. Well, Listen, we, we know y'all just like when you start the episode, you're like, this doesn't matter. Let me skip to the end yeah. where they talk about science. Juan, do you think someone would sit down and listen to us talk about movies for an hour and a half every <laughs> nah. week? Juan, it's time to look at the rankings of the billion dollar movies. Exactly. So, Juan, I have a question for you. Okay. That may change things, right? Mm-hmm. 
it is a wild suggestion outside of what we typically do with this list. Mm-hmm. Is this film even worthy of this list? That's not fair. Because it is better than movies on this list. All right. So it's officially, we're putting it on the list. Uh, one, as we do, heads or tails? Heads. Heads. Someone is going for the heads again. And it is heads. All right. All right, Juan. So last week's film was Frozen, right? Mm-hmm. Frozen currently sits as number 24 on our list. Do you like this film better or worse than Frozen? You know, I'm going to have to think on that. I'm racking my brain. Uh, uh, worse. Worse. Worse than Frozen. Worse, wow. yes. Okay. So we're going to move down past yes, worse. Iron Man 3 and a couple other movies. So compare it to Marvel's The Avengers. Do you like this better or worse than Marvel's The Avengers? I'm going to go worse. Worse. We're moving down into some more. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Do you like Ooh, this okay. better or worse than Dead Man's Chest? That's a good question. Um, I like it worse. Yeah. So... <laughs> Do you like Transformers Age of Extinction better or worse than Transformers Dark of the Moon? I'm going to go better. Wow. That genuinely surprised me. Huh. So between numbers 38 and 40. I Would you like to elaborate on that or do you want to keep some mystery? Uh, You know what? At least this didn't have an hour-long moment where it was nothing was happening. Are you like sure? Explosions. Are you sure? Okay. Wow. Okay. At least it had the Romeo and Juliet clause that we were able to talk about for a while. It was memorable in that regard. So between numbers thirty-eight and forty, this film lies at number thirty-eight. <laughs> wow. All right. Let me just type that a bit. I'm gonna do. Some of this, and then some of this, and then... This isn't Dark of the Moon, Masinson. I know that's it what's is. in your background, but it's not that. Did that work? Is it Dark of the Moon too? <laughs> Age of Extinction. Oh, Extinction. All right. There you go. So to recap, at, at number 47, we got Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Ties. At number at num- 46. I want to do the other ones. Okay, go ahead. At number 46, Alice in Wonderland. Number 45, Toy Story 3. At number 44, Avatar. At number 41, Transformers Dark of the Moon. Don't worry. At number 38, Transformers Age of Extinction. At number 37, Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men's Chest. At number 34, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. At number 33, The Dark Knight Rises. At number 32, The Dark Knight. 31, Marvel's The Avengers. Is that your Loki impression? No. I was... <laughs> Is that a Loki impression? It was a Loki impression of nothing. At number 28, The Hobbit. An unexpected journey. I wanted to sing it, but that's not the lyrics. 
And number 27, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. At number 26, Jurassic Park. At number 25, Iron Man 3. How do you spell that again? T-H-R-E-E. There you go. 24, Frozen. Tied at 21, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. At 19, Titanic. At number three, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. And at number one, Skyfall. Thank you for joining us for another episode of A Million Dollar Movie Club. This was an episode for a movie. It's another one in the tank. And thank you for joining, for those of you who uh, decided to go through the, du- the double feature of a uh, listening to us talk about both Transformers back-to-back. If you're unaware, we're finally posting the Transformers Revenge of the Fallen 2 podcast (laughs) episode. The Transformers Transformers Revenge of the Transformers colon Transformers Revenge of the Fallen colon Transformers Dark of the Moon. Or better known That's the full title. Or better known by its its street name, Transformers (laughs) 2-2. Or its other street name, T3. Oh. There's no other movie that has that abbreviation. Yeah, is there another movie with that abbreviation? <laughs> yes, but don't worry about it. No, T2? There's a... Yeah, there's also T3. I don't think it's T3. Judgment Day, yeah, it's T3. Is there a 3 in that title? Yeah. Yeah. I look this up. T3. T3 movie. Oh, it is. Yeah. Transformers Dark of the Moon showed up. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for joining us next week. Join us for our discussion of Furious 7. We we, we get into the cars aspect. Like, we, we've talked about robots. Hmm. We, we've talked about CGI and pew-pews. We haven't talked about cars that much excited for our first instance of the rock i'm excited for our first instance of a director of color i think i think you are correct i think you may be correct we will double check that i i have a feeling one of the frozen directors might be asian but i may made that up Hmm. so thank you for this episode and remember, 12 to 17 is the official teenage danger window. Insurance? That's an alien spaceship. I'm so going to patent this thing.